Good afternoon, everyone. It is one of those days where I haven't been very productive. Uh, it's like 5 p.m. and I thought I was going to have like a ultra productive day, but kind of kind of been nothing. And I've been kind of been dragging my feet. And you know, I woke up at like 2 p.m. and there's nothing better. This is what I like about being a night owl. Like I went went to bed around four, woke up at 11. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go back to bed. And I woke up and it was 2 p.m. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I kind of blew the day. But, I mean, no big deal to anyone else. Just just to me, a little disheartening. But, oh, also, it's June 26th. It's Friday. So, yeah, I guess I could relax a little bit. It's the weekend. So, this is just this is just the uh, weekend hibernation stuff. And I slept really great, I think, because I just laughed my butt off last night at the very end of the night. I was on a Zoom with my dad, and I decided to show him if uh, these Amazon reviews of sugar-free gummy gummy bears. And if you want to laugh harder than you've ever laughed in your entire life, go search sugar-free gummy bear Amazon reviews. And apparently it's got one of those sugar substitutes that like make your butt just explode, basically, where it's, there's just lava pouring out the back of you like instantly and people weren't expecting it. And... There's just the people that write these stories. I don't know if they're professional writers, but they write like 10,000 word descriptions of this. Or there was one that was even uh, when I first ate these, I was a 189 pound man. Now I'm a skeleton. And that was it. (laughs) And they rated it like five stars too, because they just think it's funny. And, you know, they talk about gifting them to other people and being jerks to friends and pranks and all. And I don't know. I haven't laughed that hard in a while. And, it's a little embarrassing because it's like the juvenileness in me never goes away. You think, oh, becoming an adult, I'm 34 years old, you know, I'm moving on with life and trying to be a better, more refined person. But, you know, someone writes a paragraph about, you know, explosive diarrhea from gummy bears and I'm just all giggles and I can't help it. So, and I think you can't help it either. I think if you re- read one and tell me you don't laugh your ass off, okay, I dare you. I double dog dare you. And so today, I uh, took the dogs for like a 20-minute walk, and it started to rain, so I ran home because I don't like to feel uncomfortable in the rain, although who does? I eat oatmeal with a tiny spoon, which makes me feel like a giant. I, all my spoons and forks are the small ones. They're like the salad fork and the salad spoon. Although I don't know how you – salad, salad – the soup spoon. There you go. And it's like I want to feel like a giant at all times. Like I want to feel like gigantic. I think that's a good idea for a uh, restaurant too that – they should have like all tiny stuff. So you feel like you're 14, 15 feet tall. And I don't know why I, I like that because I'm already, I'm six, five. It's not like, it's not like I'm making up for the fact that I'm five foot three. It's like, I just want to feel bigger. And that, you know, people ask too, it's like, if I could be, I would rather be, I'd like to be six, seven inches taller. I'd like to be like seven foot, seven, one. People are like, that's crazy. And I'm like, you know what? That's just how I feel. That's, that's in the core of me. And so this is all, you know, uh, just lighthearted stuff. And it's kind of funny. I did a podcast with my buddy MG yesterday and we talked about the karate kid and he's trying to like go Freud on himself. He's trying to understand why he likes the movie, where he was in his life, what relationship it has to his parents and how he feels. And that's, it's interesting and it's definitely a different way of going. I'm just, I like to go inch deep, mile wide. Like I like all surface, all remember that scene. That was cool. Or like this quote is the best. I'm, I'm not trying to dissect uh, 
why I like something or, you know, the kind of deep seated emotion, the why this movie is important to me or to the community as a whole or the culture as a whole. I just kind of like when people are like, this scene was fun. Let's break it down. Well, what about this random fact or this person married this person in real life, or he actually kept the car that was in the movie. That's the, that's, that's fun to me, but you know what? Morris George Shapiro, I'm going challenge accepted. I'm going to try to delve into deep, like resonating reasons why uh, I like this next movie, which I feel is the most underrated sports movie of all time. That's right. All time from like when there was cavemen banging on walls to the Renaissance to 9,000 years in the future when we're playing like rollerball or something crazy like that. This is, this is the most underrated. And it's Friday Night Lights. It's the 2004 movie based on H.D. Bessinger. I hope I have that right. A book about this like miraculous, tumultuous 1988 high school football season of the Permian Panthers of Odessa, Texas. And I mean, it follows kind of the importance of football in this broken down, kind of run down, sad town. You know, I mean, like it's clearly a town that's dying. You know, there's a lot of poverty. Seems like a lot of drinking and kind of sadness and the remember when like the town was great 20 30 years ago and they got nothing the town's really got nothing going for it but they have this like uh like giant goliath 20,000 person state-of-the-art uh football stadium which is just you know it's like their it's their religion basically this is football is just super important down there and it matters way too much and it's like the make or break of kind of their of their lives really there's all the like signage in front of all the houses when the games are played uh everyone closes up shop you know they're going to the game like nothing nothing matters when when football is being played and it's just it's a really cool cultural deep dive into this part of texas and like i think this happens kind of in uh like there's parts of louisiana there's parts of mississippi there's these like towns that just really the backbone of their community is the power of the football and if their team is good. And so the book was, I mean, I think the book's themed as like the best sports book of all time. I'm not sure if Moneyball's replaced that or if there's anything more recent uh, than that, but I think Book of Basketball is probably my favorite one, but I mean, I love that book. But uh, I mean, it's pretty regarded as like this story of kind of, hardship and realism and you know he followed the team for the entire year and you kind of it's got this lived in feel that most books don't have and in 1988 they had this star running back called booby miles and i actually have on my phone my friend bobby i call him booby all the time so that's from this so shout out bobby and uh he's supposed to lead the team to a state championship he's gonna he's like one of the number one running back recruits in the country he's like there's scouts from usc this counts scouts from notre dame I mean, they're showing him he's just dominating on the field. And, you know, he can run, he can pass, he can catch, he can block. And he's just, like, the perfect running back at the time. And they couldn't have been more – like, the the hype for that season couldn't be more real. And, of course, two, three games – or second game in, he gets a knee injury. Like, when they're – and I think it's the first game, actually. He gets a knee injury at the very end of the game. And the team has to adapt and come together. And there's all these other characters with personal issues and hurdles of this, like, hard knock, poor life. There's the quarterback, Mike Winchell, who has like a sick mother, ton of pressure, you know what I mean? And he's just, I think he's more of an introvert. I don't think he ever really smiles during the movie. He just seems like the football makes people ever, makes people grow up really quickly. You know what I mean? Like they're just, 
they're put into the limelight as 17, 18 year old kids. And I, I mean, I don't think anyone's ready to handle that. I couldn't, I couldn't handle attention from two people when I was 17, 18. I can't imagine, you know, 10, 20,000 people, there's radio interviews and like everyone cares your exact motions every day. That sounds crazy to me. And they, then there's the uh, hard hitting fullback, Don Billingsley, who's like the son of a football a football legend in the town who's an abusive father played really well by Tim McGraw. I didn't know he had that kind of angry drunk, uh, like remember when I played in high school kind of vibe to him, but he does. There's like the strong silent D defensive end named Ivory, Ivory Christian, great name, whoever named him, his, his mom or dad props to them. There's the intelligent, no nonsense safety, Brian Chavez. And there's the scared replacement running back LV miles who uh booby calls Waterbug. So I know him as Waterbug. I didn't even know his name until this. And this movie was directed by Peter Berg. And if you don't know Peter Berg, like he's done Lone Survivor, Mile 22, Battleship, Patriot's Day, The Kingdom. He's really good at making these kind of sweaty, over-important, intense, uh, military uh, kind of hero worship movies about, you know, America and kind of of like, you know, it's like these pump up America kind of um, movies. And he, he kind of overdoes it in all those movies. He, those movies don't really get reviewed very well. I mean, they're a mood, you know what I mean? Like they feel intense and you definitely feel pumped up, but you can see why critics kind of tear him apart. And he's never really found the right movie for him, except this one. This was like the right tone because he makes everything seem over important. And for the town, this is like life or death, but in reality, it's not. So it's like, the fact that he's heightening up this high school football as like the most important thing since sliced bread, it works with this movie. And I think, I'm not sure if that was on purpose or it's just his style kind of just meshed perfectly, but like that intensity, like that sweat, that dedication, that like fraternal love between, you know, teammates and all. And like, he does it with soldiers too. Most of his uh, movies, there's just something that it just hit the right note. Like the perfect people met at the right time. It's like, Steven Soderbergh and George Luke and George Clooney met for out of sight and it kind of elevated their careers, make George Clooney a movie star and it made Steven Soderbergh a household name for like big, big league movies. So I think this kind of just hit at the right time. Just sometimes, sometimes you get a chocolate peanut butter combination, you get a milk and cookies and you know, they just come together. And clearly I'm craving something sweet right now because I'm going all, all sweet analogies, but food for later thought for now. So uh, the coach is Gary Gaines, and it's played by Billy Bob Thornton. And Billy Bob, normally, you know, he has kind of weird and wild roles. Like, he's got, like, Sling Blade with the accent. They're like, mm-hmm, French fried potatoes. If you remember that, he won the Oscar for that one. And, like, Pushing Tin, which was a movie with John Cusack, where they're air traffic controllers, and he's kind of just a weirdo hippie. Or Bad Santa, you know, he's a drunk degenerate. He likes playing like the kind of he he likes playing hedonistic, kind of impulsive, kind of crazy dudes. It seems like in real life that's how he is. But once in a while you get the treat of him playing the straight man. And like the only other example I could think of was like Armageddon and this. And it's like when he's like the straight guy with like a nobility and morals to him and kind of is the emotional center of a movie, it really resonates. Like I don't know why he doesn't do it more. He's great as the coach. He's like, you believe in him. You listen to his speeches when he's pushing everybody a little too hard, when he cares about his quarterback, when I mean, it's just, he seems like a guy you would follow into battle. And he seems aware that the stakes are too high, are higher than they should be. 
but he knows what he got into. And I, I don't know, just something about it. It's just Billy Bob, I think never, he never found the roles that really kind of elevated him to the like star, like the top A list uh, celebrities. And I don't know why, because in movies like this, you see him and you're like, I don't think anyone else could really play that role the way he did. And it's just jarring and moving. And I mean, his speeches too. I mean, like I could listen to him speak about, you know, clear eyes, full heart, and, you know, love your brothers and look around. And these are the people that, you know, you care about and they care about you. That stuff, it's that bro tearing up where you're like, I'm not crying, but I, but I am crying because I don't know, he just hits a chord with you. And the football is just really well filmed. I mean, I think this is probably the best aesthetic football movie ever just like it's just the sweatiest sepia tone they show the intensity the practices like when they're running the oklahoma drill which if you don't know i think it's illegal now it's you have one guy in the middle of uh, a circle of guys and the coach will like tap one other random person out of the circle to go tackle the guy and he has to defend himself and it's like you know like they just have a head-on collision after head-on collision and it's it's insane to watch and like at the end, Ivory, uh, the defensive end, is in the middle, and he's being hit so much, like, get up, get up, keep going. And they knock him unconscious, and they're like, good, we're, we're done. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, if that happened nowadays, there would be, there would be a Supreme Court trial. <laughs> and there's just endless concussions and savagery, and you can feel the hits, and you can feel, the, like, the 100-degree heat. And also you can feel kind of the wind out of the sails when Booby gets hurt, and it's like, you know, they're all like, okay, now we really need to up our game. Like we, this, we were depending on this one guy and now we have to adjust our plan completely. We have to do a full 180, not a 360. As I used to think, I used to say do a complete 360, but if you do a 360, you spin around, you're right where you started in the beginning. So none of that, but I think that's just me. And let's talk about the music. Like my God, the music, 95% of it's done by this group called explosions in the sky. And Get on Spotify right now, and if you want to feel like you're, you could go be in the grocery store and you're listening to the stuff, and you feel like you're in the Olympics. I mean, it just pumps you up. It just gets your adrenaline going. Your heart starts racing, and it's not what you would expect for some. Like you would think, like death metal with like heavy kind of uh, drum basses, you know, thumping up, or like Eminem till I collapse kind of uh, like intensity and lyrics. So there's no lyrics in any of their songs. It's just three electric guitars and a drum kit. This group is from Texas. They're from Midland, which is a a neighboring town to Odessa. So they understand, I mean, their music feels like it's of this place. And it's these like hauntingly gaunt guitar sounds on like seven, eight, nine minute songs. No lyrics, just like rustling, slow, building drums. And you kind of understand the isolation, the fear the unrealistic stakes and kind of the gravitas and it just hits you. And I mean, I think you've probably all heard this in like a Nike commercial or there's other movies or there's other kind of, I'm sure like sports center has done a clip or something like that, or Brian Gumble sports has this playing in the background and this stuff works. It is just, it feeds your soul something you didn't know. And then like, I didn't know this kind of music existed before them. And I don't know if they created it or if this is a style too, but like just that, it feels like that flat, lonely plain of Texas. They're just playing, they're kind of playing these sounds that are hopefully resonate and hopefully go on for miles and other people can hear them and understand their isolation. And it's like, it's just these tension, they kind of endlessly build tension and they're these cathartic relief moments from the guitars. And I couldn't recommend it more. So get on Spotify, Explosions in the Sky. 
and I mean, six feet under I mean I think the, their main song is six feet underwater or something like that and that's my favorite one but they're all pretty similar so I mean you get the you can pick any song and you get the kind of vibe and I mean that music kind of adds the realness of the story because it's painfully grounded in reality I mean they, I don't think they deviate from the real story I think that's why this movie's underrated too because people want the story they want the miracle on ice you know they want Rudy getting the sack at the end of the game. They want uh, they want to win at the end. You know what I mean? Like Daniel LaRusso winning the tournament in Karate Kid. You want Rocky beating Apollo Creed. You know what I mean? You want you just want the catharsis at the end. You want to go out of the movie feeling like you like you won with them. And sometimes that's not how reality goes. And like in this movie, like Booby's knee doesn't heal. You find out like he can barely read. He has this one scene in the car with his uncle where he breaks down and he starts crying because he has no idea what he's going to do now. And it's just, just hard. I mean, he's the most confident guy in the world until the knee injury. And then he's just, what do I do? Just lost. And he's played by Derek Luke, by the way. And I think it's the best performance. Uh, Bill of Bob's probably the best, but that one scene, I mean, if you watch that scene with his uncle, I mean, you will start crying. And like Michael has a bunch of concussions. His mother is dying without a cure. I think she's had a stroke. You can tell like half of her face is, you know, kind of drooping and the town doesn't really care about any of these problems these guys have they only care about winning there's just these like overweight jerk uh boosters with big mustaches and camaros and corvettes and like tight jeans and those weird kind of floral country texas long shirts that like garth brooks wears on tour and they're giving coach Gaines advice and they don't know anything about football at least they're showing him that way and they don't care they don't care about the kids. They just want to say, like, at their car dealership, like, we're home of the Permian Panthers, you know, state champions, last four years, that stuff. And you kind of get a feel for how unfair this town is and how kind of unfair life is at some points. So, man, get, get it. Yeah, Morris, you're right, getting deep on this. So, yeah, something about this just hits with me. And the last 20 minutes, I mean, despite all the hardship, despite uh, Booby uh, not playing, despite – losing a game or two and like having to adjust their entire game plan. They barely make it into the tournament and they get to the uh, championship game of the tournament. And the last 20 minutes, which is the uh, final game against Dallas Carter is like the greatest adrenaline shot you give yourself uh, while you're running on a Stairmaster elliptical or just, you know, uh, on a uh, treadmill. So, I mean, like, trust me, I've tried all the shows. West wing works pretty well. You can watch Nike commercials uh military dads coming home and greeting their family like surprising them uh edm playlists from like 2011 to 2014 really work really well but this works the best these these last 20 minutes you will be like running through tears at the end and you know pushing yourself and you're like man i went 30 percent harder than i normally did that's crazy you know why because this movie is that good that last 20 minutes against them so they're playing as this monster dallas carter team like the way they film them they look they take the camera from like below so they all look like Godzilla, 40 feet tall. And I guess that team had 11 D1 college commits, which is like, that's insane. That's crazy. I think Permian ha- has one maybe at the time. And, you know, I mean, like when you have those big like defensive ends or uh, that legit quarterback, it just puts you in another level. I mean, that's how Permian was with Booby. He was going to be, you know, like the all-time recruit and that kind of just lifts your team. But this team is just monsters. And the first half, Permian gets whooped by Carter. And Carter is like one of those arrogant teams that always goes for two points. 
and always goes for it on fourth down, never punts. And you're like, oh, these jackasses. And you get the you get the vibe. And also their uh, colors are like this like deep red. It's like, oh, screw these guys. I like the guys in the simple black and white. Permian outfits, oh, they're uh, – I'm not sure if their uh, football uniforms are realistic. I would imagine so because, you know, they try to keep this realistic. Just these classic, like, they look like Penn State, but in monochromatic black and white. Just very cool. And then, like, so they're getting killed in the first half. And then they do this unique thing with the halftime speech. Rather than just focus on the Permian locker room, they kind of shoot between the Permian locker room and Dallas Carter. I've never really seen that before. It's like one person will say one line from one locker room. The other one will say, like, a contradicting line from the other locker room. And I thought that was really neat to get kind of both perspectives. And then, finally, Ivory, uh, you know, the defensive end who hasn't spoke like the entire movie, gives like starts screaming for the first time and starts like it just jars you out of your seat. And then you get the clear eyes, full heart, can't lose, gain speech, coach gain speech. And, you know, you got the explosion in the sky music kind of uh, building in the background. And it's like put the love of your brothers in your heart and you can't lose. Like you're perfect as is just as long as you try your hardest. And you're just like, yeah, coach, that sounds good. Yeah. And then second half, there's an explosion. It's like an intensity. There's back and forth. There's tiny moments. There's like fourth and ones that like, will they get it or will they stop them? There's brutal penalties at the wrong times. And like Billingsley, uh, the fullback, separates his shoulder on one play and they take him out and they like put him on. I'll never forget this. I always, I'll watch this scene always if it's on. And he's like, they're putting him on the, on the bench and they're like, they're going to like put it back in place because they don't have any other running back. You can hear the crunch, and you can hear the actor like Garrett Hedlund, like just scream, like just like gorilla yell, and then he like spits and gets back up, and he's ready to play again. And you're like, oh my god, like this is this is a different time. This was before we realized <laughs> that uh, football was so violent that we should maybe give these guys like a little bit of a break. But nope, not now. And like Mike Winchell, the quarterback, just clearly concussed. Like there's one play where he's like, ah, right. And he just doesn't know the rest of it. And they're like, Mike, are you okay? And, and like, it takes him like five seconds. And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. And it's like, no, you're not, dude. Go out and go out and have an orange slice or something. But nope, he's got to win the net. He's going to win the state championship. So he's staying, he's staying in. And like the movie ends with, spoiler alert, I mean, this movie's 16 years old or so. At this point, I don't think I'm spoiling anything. But they ended up six inches from victory. It's brutal. It's like, they ended up like, you know, almost there. And, but you still root for and love the team for the effort against all these absurd odds. And I think it makes it more powerful that they kept going, even though it seemed impossible the entire time. And sometimes, sometimes you don't win. It's, I think you learn more from yourself from, about the, from the losses. You know, I mean, you always listen to those, uh, like the great athletes. It's like they remember the details of the big losses. Like Jordan remembers the bad boy Pistons, you know, the most. Uh, LeBron remembers the Dallas Maverick series where J.J. Barrera, Barrera took him out. And it's like he remembers those moments the most. And that's where you learn and grow and become a better person and a better player. So I think that's a powerful message. And I don't think it gets uh, put into movies and to TV enough. And I, I mean, even like the Karate Kid, I think the original script was he was going to lose at the end because winning isn't everything. You know, I mean, it's about learning about who you are through this sport. But they made it so he won in, that Danielson won in the end. And, you know, that's that's a great moment. So sometimes sometimes it's just fun to watch and root. You want the person you're rooting for to be a champion. You really do. And finally, like after the, after the game, Mike, Mike Winchell, the quarterback, throws like 
a long pass to a bunch of kids who are in a parking lot who are, uh, you know, worshiping them. And finally, like Mike Winchell smiles and it's like, it's a great ending. It's just, you know, finally he's got the weight off his shoulders. Finally he can do something else with his life. And then they flash across the screen that some people, uh, that uh, the next year they went 13 and 0 and won a state championship. And I think a lot of people, when they talk about the movie, they're like, well, I wanted to see that season. Why can't we watch that season? But you know what? I, I don't think that would have been as interesting and wouldn't have been as complex. And it would have made you think about, you know, what winning really is or how it is that you define yourself as an athlete. I think this was a great story. And I think, I think focusing on something where there's not a happy ending is an important skill to, uh, to storytelling. And, to, and also it hits home with life because life's not always going to work out. And, you know, these guys moved on and did better things with their lives and learned from this. So you can too. So when things go wrong, just think about Friday Night Lights and think that, you know, you can push ahead and learn from them. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I felt about the movie. And I think I'm going to watch the last 20 minutes now and, you know, get a little teary eyed and do some stairs and uh, pretend that I was a high school football player in West Texas. So have a good day.